0: Live from the Nixcast Fanthropological Institute, this week we're talking about the most contentious fandom in hockey in Canada, the Toronto Maple Leafs fans. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Phanthropological T. With me, as always, are my best friends and co-hosts, G. Hey. And also, Z. Hello. So, as you may have noticed, this week we're going to be talking about the Toronto Maple Leafs, which is a very interesting topic, not the least of which is because we are not hockey fans nor sports fans, we, but also because... Oh, well, go ahead, G.
1: We figured that by episode three it was time to get way out of our depth with this podcast.
0: Which is mm-hmm. interesting because it's actually way more into the mainstream than,
1: than any of the other topics. That's
0: true, but uh, but uh, more
1: foreign to all of us.
0: Yeah. Also interesting because we picked a fandom that you know is not particularly beloved, even in terms of uh, sports fandom. I mean, I'm I'm sure that in all fandoms, every uh, every group of fans loves their team, but the Toronto Maple Leafs are known as a team that historically does not do particularly well. Um, which is interesting. Uh, The one little bit of the overview that I have here that I haven't already said, like Toronto Maple Leafs Canadian hockey team, (laughs) surprise. (laughs) Um, The team was founded in 1917, though it didn't get its its name of the Toronto Maple Leafs until 1927. And it does have its own unique history of victories and losses, having won the Stanley Cup, I believe, 11 times, Mm
2: -hmm,
3: mm
0: -hmm. compared to, say, the Canadians, who would have won 22 times. Sorry, Leaf fans. Yeah, sorry, Leaf fans. Healthy
3: healthy rivalry.
0: Yes. Well, that was something that came up in the research.
1: Oh. Well, off the top here, did anyone find out why they are the Maple Leafs and not the Maple Leaves? No.
2: No. Did Ah, you? I
1: did. Because Maple Leafs are actually named after the Maple Leaf Battalion. And so a member of that battalion would be a Maple Leaf and pluralized as the Leafs and... They are not a bunch of actual leaves.
0: <laughs>
1: okay. It's like how multiples of a computer mouse would be mouses,
3: right?
0: Rather than mice, right? Interesting.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: I have a funny story about why moose is not meese, but that's totally <laughs> not related to this podcast. It I would still sounds, like to hear it. It's yeah, vaguely Canadian. Canadian. Okay. <laughs> Apparently, the reason that moose is not meese, as goose is to geese, is because moose is derived from a um, Native American word, and we don't have verb conjug like, whereas like, goose is from some Germanic or Latin word, something to that effect. Mm-hmm. So we have like known verb conjugations for that, but we don't mm-hmm. for moose because it's a borrowed word. Right. So, so we, we don't want to mess with it. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't have expected that. I'd figure, you know, we'll just mess with it because that's how we do all sorts of language stuff. But now it sounds silly. Yeah, now yeah. it sounds silly. If you were to say, that's your that's your quick little piece of Canadian trivia, not related to the maple leaves. <laughs> I'm bringing it back into Canada,
1: and I'm talking, I'm talking, Canada. Every warm-blooded Canadian here. Oh yeah. Uh,
3: got a glass I of maple do... syrup right here.
1: Oh yeah. Oh wow. Are you are perhaps the most famous maple leaf, John. John Trudeau. A. Not the most. Not the most famous for being a maple leaf.
2: Hmm. Um.
3: Hmm. John A. McDonald.
1: That's right. He
2: was. <laughs>
1: Wait,
3: are you was serious? First- nope.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Who is it? Who is it?
1: Uh, that would be Mr. Tim Horton.
0: Oh. Oh. Wow. What? I would not have. I would. I definitely wouldn't have expected that.
1: Oh, wow. Yep. At least for 18 years.
3: Sounds like there uh, could be some kind of conspiracy then. Uh... Whoa, no, no, stop. No, <laughs> no. Uh... no. Hmm.
0: Although, since we're talking about Tim Hortons, apparently the UK is now opening Yeah. Uh, Tim Hortons franchises in, in the UK, which I... And they don't know what a double double is, and they yeah. don't know what timbits are. So, uh, not surprising. I'm curious to see how that goes. Yeah. I also find it a little bit interesting when we go through the trivia that sometimes we talk about fans, and sometimes we talk about the the um, the thing that is the Itself. object of fandom. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and we actually we'll talk about that a little bit more later. So I mm-hmm. I, I have some interesting trivia about Leafs fans. All right it's it's cool. numbers which are my favorite kind of, of trivia <laughs> um all right so actually it's one of those questions where i get to ask you guys a question mm-hmm. all right one of those kinds of trivia so when canadians were asked to name their favorite hockey team what percentage do you think chose the leaf Leafs. uh 45 45
1: okay you do you know the scope of this sir like all across canada
0: uh, well, they did say it does say Canadian NHL team. So, and I think it's Canadians being interviewed. So. Okay. Um. So if you were asked all Canadians, like, what percentage do you think would say the Leafs is their favorite Canadian hockey team? Forty percent. Forty percent. Wow, you guys are way more. Uh. Well, yeah. The actual percentage is seventeen. Oh. Okay. And follow up to that. When they reversed the question, when Canadians were asked to name their most hated national franchise, what do you think the percentage was?
3: Ninety. Ninety.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Not falling for that again. I'll say. I'll say eighty. Eighty. Okay. The correct answer is nineteen. Yeah. What? What? Oh, so most people are ambivalent. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'll, the it comes from a McLean's article that uh, it shows all the. The statistics. Um, I mean, looking at the numbers, part of the reason is that the plurality of the votes, mm-hmm. getting in some electoral reform notes in there, okay. uh, was actually awarded to the choice no most hated team. So there are a lot of fans out there who oh. don't particularly hate a team. That's mm-hmm. nice. Uh, the s- second choice was the Canadians with fifteen percent.
3: They're just too good.
1: I guess being good
0: and being someone else's team is makes you more hated than, <laughs> than not yeah i also also from that same article an interesting little tidbit uh, and i'm going to quote this word both of these word for word cuz they're they're kind of interesting canadians not only dislike the leafs they hold negative views of the team they see them as weak 48% in decline 43% arrogant 39% boring 38% and overrated 38% in a funny finding, Canadians view Toronto much the same way as their hockey team. <laughs> Both the Leafs and Torontonians are seen as arrogant, dirty, disrespected, and overrated. Oh my goodness. Jeez.
1: Um, I'm wondering where arrogant comes in.
0: I have no idea. Maybe it's because they they always purport, it's like, we're going to get the cup, and then they, they don't. Yeah. That was what I managed to dig up in terms of trivia, which I thought was kind of interesting. Did anyone
1: come across the Ego Bomber? No.
2: Excuse me?
1: Baking powder? Did you say excuse me? Because you should no. have. <laughs> I should
3: have. <laughs> I'll fix it in post. In 2010, <laughs>
1: man identified as Jack M uh, threw waffles onto the ice oh. after a leaf's loss. Like every time? Or just the one time? Just that, that one time. There were copycat uh, instances. When other people saw that, thought it was such a good idea that they also yeah. threw waffles onto the ice. Hey,
0: I wonder if that's like the octopuses in that other sports team.
1: It was for their it, to show their distaste for the Leafs. The Leafs were quoted as saying, "Like, don't do that." Yeah. Um, his his rationale: the Leafs need to wake up and eat some breakfast.
3: Oh.
1: <laughs> I'm sure it made sense to him.
3: It would have been way funnier if he had, like, a little packet of instant coffee and an egg as well. Like a
1: full breakfast? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) You guys need to start eating a balanced breakfast. (laughs) That's what the problem is. Too many donuts.
3: Yeah. Well, I mean, Tim Horton did play for them for 19 years, so. Oh, man. Man. Yeah. I came across a few things in my research as well. Um, Specifically, actually and this is something we might talk about a little bit more in depth later but i came across some interesting superstitions uh ah. that i don't know if they're specific to leafs fans but i did find them all mentioned in the reddit leafs subreddit
2: hmm.
3: so i'm going to going to throw a few of these out there all right um first off just to you know give you a sense of of what's on And uh, I'm going to end with one that I'm going to turn into a question that I think you've got a pretty good chance of of getting, at least one of you. Okay. All right. All right. All right. So one fan mentioned that the team, the Leafs, would always lose when they watched a game, but they'd always win when they were listening to it on the radio. Hmm. One fan mentioned that... uh, Every time that they watched the game without pants on, the Leafs would lose.
0: Every time okay. they watched the game
3: with pants on, they would win. Keep those pants on, mister.
0: <laughs> Too many Leafs fans have been playing or have been watching with their pants off <laughs> on the TV. Guys, radio and pants. And... Radio and pants, radio and pants.
3: <laughs> and one fan mentioned that every time they ate this cereal during the pregame, the leafs would win. And you'd guess the cereal.
1: <sighs> French toast crunch.
2: Really? It's All
1: the, right. the syrupiest cereal I can think of.
0: It's true. Okay. Well, I thought G was gonna pick like Wheaties or something, so I'm gonna have to pick something boring like Cheerios because I think it stands mm-hmm. more of a chance than French toast crunch.
1: What are you trying to say about French Toast Crunch?
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, I've got to save that one for another podcast. Serial fans, I know they're out there. You're talking I to one to coffee fans. <clears throat> All right. Ahem. All right. All right. T, I've got to say that uh, you are, so to speak, in the hockey rink, whereas G <laughs> is standing outside in the cold. With the real fans. With the real fans, yes, um, because. The cereal that this fan would eat during the pregame to ensure a Leafs win is Fruit Loops.
1: Uh, ah, yeah. Fruit Loops makes sense. So yeah. what happened?
3: What do you mean? Oh, I guess he just didn't eat enough Fruit Loops during <laughs> the pregame.
1: So it's so it's also amount that is important. As the as be. the stakes of the game raise, you have to eat more and more Fruit Loops.
3: Yeah. Yep. At the uh, beginning of the season, it's just a bowl. But then by the end, you've got to have a whole box in one sitting. <laughs> wow. That's
1: so, that's so much cereal and milk.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This fan did not mention if they ate it with milk or without. So I don't know if that's also a variable that comes into play.
1: Mm. No milk would help you eat more.
3: Yeah.
0: Interesting.
3: Mm-hmm. I'm sure we'll we'll cover this
0: when we talk about other sports uh, other sports fans but i imagine the superstition is a really big thing mm-hmm. oh yeah for the fans and the players i think
3: yeah yeah unfortunately i didn't dig too much up about it except for those strange superstitions among the leafs fan base um, superstitious. <laughs> but i definitely get the impression that sports fans in general and sports sports people in general are superstitious
1: I like, I, I, I like to interject. Happened to have the Wikipedia article on Tim Horton open. Oh, yeah? And just a fantastic sentence that I feel I like need to share with everyone. Horton had a reputation for enveloping players fighting him in a crushing bear hug. What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, seems like a very Canadian thing. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Think about that when you get your coffee in the morning. <laughs>
0: Yep. It's like getting a bear hug from a hockey player.
3: (laughs) That's how we should order. Straight to
0: your brain. (laughs) (laughs) That's (laughs) your taste buds.
3: That should be on a cup. Bear hug from a hockey player straight to your brain.
0: Take a hockey puck to the uvula every morning. (sighs)
1: One more fact I was able to dig up is that for at least two years in a row, ESPN named the Toronto Leafs the worst franchise in North American professional sports. was 122nd out of 122 teams.
2: Great.
0: What? Wow. Professional sports. Like that's North soccer. American sports, I'm assuming. Yeah. Football, so that's basketball, all baseball, baseball. Baseball. Okay.
1: Probably MLS.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And... This is this is from thehockeynews.com. A lot of it is talking about that one of the criteria they use to determine worst is like bang for your buck, so to speak.
0: Uh, which so, is like so wins wins per franchise wins per value.
1: yeah for like what you're paying. How often are you winning? Mm-hmm. And basically, due to the the very high cost of Leafs tickets, they're never going to get very high hm. unless they're winning everything
0: interesting that reminds me of one of the articles that i came across in the research mm-hmm. um it was let me see if i can pull it up yeah it was it was uh, it's entitled message to the maple leafs yes you can lose a fan base which mm-hmm. when i saw that title i was kind of surprised because i i had always assumed that leafs fans are are diehard fans to the end yeah. it's been 50 years since they won a stanley cup and they're still there was a there was a point in the mid '90s I remember one or sorry early two thousands when we were hanging out in high school and I remember waiting in the car near a Tim Hortons shocking <laughs>
2: uh,
0: mm-hmm. listening to the radio and people being really excited because the the Leafs had almost made it into the finals of the playoffs. Ooh, but I could have imagined part of that. It's really hard to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, in this this article, there's an author, Doctor James M. Connor wrote a book called the sociology of loyalty Ooh, Mm -hmm. it'd be an interesting book to read unfortunately i did not read it because i don't know if people know this we record these every week so (laughs) it's kind of hard to fit a book in there at the same time yes but um he makes some points not specifically about leafs fans but about loyalty and uh he makes the points that sports loyalty gives a sense of belonging and identity and uh in the case of the leafs it because there's this uh, scarcity of tickets, as an example, mm. because they're so expensive, it also creates a feeling of exclusivity and connection. Uh, mm. And an interesting point that ties the loyalty into it is that with that loyalty, there's this sense of an implied reciprocity, which is interesting because I would not have expected fans... Actually, never mind. I was going to say that I wouldn't expect fans to have expectations of whatever property, but I realized one of the springboards for anthropology was... Maybe doing a, a a podcast on fan entitlement, and that's exactly what was detailed in the article, talking about fans expecting the team to you know get a few wins in or perform because they're paying all this money and they're they're loyal. The Leafs fans are intensely loyal. They're putting their money and their time into the team.
3: Yeah,
1: they want, strictly speaking, a return on their investment.
3: Yeah,
0: which is interesting because I don't think of of fans like that. No. And
1: I'm sure, you know, fans have had, like, you know, their fathers and probably now their grandfathers talk about, like, the Leafs of, of way back when,
2: mm-hmm.
1: where in two separate occasions they won four cups in five years and then four cups in six years. The NHL was a lot smaller then. Mm-hmm. But, like, Leafs had some great teams in the first half of their existence where they were racking up cups. Yeah. And, you know, had legendary players and all that.
3: Yeah, just filling up the cupboards with cups.
1: Yes. Yeah. Big cupboards, mind you.
3: <laughs> yeah, but like it kind of makes me wonder. Like it doesn't even make me wonder. I think, then, part of what is at work here with the Leafs fans and and the Leafs in general, is kind of that they've got this perfect balance of a team that has this prestigious past, and that has kind of a, a long losing streak so every time they actually do win it's like the sweetest thing and if you're there in the seats watching them win it must be some sort of like magical experience
0: remembering to wear your pants
3: yeah well yes and you've got to have a bowl of uh, fruit loops
0: and you have blinders on so you can just hear the radio you can't see (laughs) what's going on
3: exactly
1: yeah so yeah yeah So. You know, that creates like that, you know, the wins are something special. I mean, Mm -hmm. there are a lot of hockey games in a a season. Yeah. But like, yeah, seeing them win, especially if they can chain a few wins together, that's got to like really get people going.
3: Oh, yeah.
0: By no means do I want to diminish mental illness, Mm
1: -hmm. but
0: like, and I'm also not making a a Leafs joke because there are plenty of actually funny Leafs jokes. We're not, Um, we're not going to go there. No, uh, that actually came up a lot in the research. Uh, but what if, I was going to say was, if you Google
1: Leafs jokes, you can find plenty.
0: Oh, I'm sure. I so. I googled something that wasn't Leafs jokes and got a bunch of results. What I was going to say, it's it's almost like a, I was going to say Stockholm syndrome, mm. but it's it's not quite that because it's more like, it's more like a a, a it is nostalgia.
3: Yeah. Mm. But it's this, it's this strange nostalgia for something that you've know, like you haven't even experienced.
1: It is an inherited nostalgia.
3: Yeah, which is really bizarre.
1: It's like it's like it's to the point where it's almost becoming legend, right? Yeah. So it's like if they, you know, capture that that glory that's that's in the mists of of history, and become legendary, man, what a what a time that would be. Because mm-hmm. imagine if you were a least fan, you're like, you know what? I'm throwing my waffles in. I've had enough. I'm done. No more Leafs for me. I'm an Oilers guy or whatever. And then the next year they win.
3: Yeah.
0: Imagine how how awful you feel. Sorry, I just got this image in my mind of every Leafs fan goes to a game with a box of waffles. (laughs) And just, you know, anybody who's not a Leafs fan is just like, why do you do that? It's just like, just in case. (laughs) Just like... Somebody throws their waffles onto the ice and then there's like a a father talking to his son being like, you know, why did he do that? It's just like, well, he gave up on the Leafs. It just, as if that's supposed to make any sense. Pay attention, son. (laughs) (laughs) One day that might be you. I hope it never comes to that.
3: Yeah.
1: Imagine missing out on the season where the Leafs win again. Yeah. Oh my God. Like, like you, you can't, you absolutely can't. So I, I can
0: see it. (laughs) <laughs> hang on, cheer for this team. So as I reread this article, as we're mm-hmm. talking a little bit, yep. one thing that comes to mind that actually, uh, sorry, I'll, I'll, a brief tangent. One of the things that made this episode really difficult is as we were doing the research, it became hard to separate Leafs fans from the Leafs. It also became hard to separate Leafs fans from hockey fans from sports fans because mm-hmm. the behaviors and, and all of that is is very... Um, general and we're going to talk about that later but one of the things that's interesting as i reread it is that one of the the pieces of what gives the leafs fans a distinct identity from other fans other than you know knowledge or or um, memorabilia or whatnot is that they're probably one of the few teams that is universally hated (laughs) i'm not even kidding like it's talking about belonging and identity and it's just like and as you were talking about you know the team losing consistently and then finally winning one day. Can you imagine, like, being a long-term fan? Having every everyone hate you and your fans? Not seriously, but in jest. I guess in some cases, seriously. Um, having to struggle to get tickets to like support your fandom. To do this. Belonging to this elite group of people who are fans of the worst. The absolute worst. Watching your team do the worst. Like, that actually does... Create a sense of identity, a sense oh, of belonging. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That that does create a unique fandom. You're yeah. like
1: in, in in as much as sports fans can be persecuted.
0: Yeah, like, like I, I mean, like of be, out, right? Yeah, yeah. Like we're not talking about people who are, um, you know, being murdered. We're like using the word. Yeah. We at the next cast recognize that there are people in like more dire straits than the language that we use. But at the same time, it it's yeah it's hard yeah talking is hard guys yeah
3: <laughs> well, you know what isn't hard liking the best team in a league the the Leafs no, not the Leafs oh it's it's easy to like the best team in a league, but it's incredibly difficult to stick with one that is the worst and not just the worst like within your little community within whatever division the the Leafs are in of the NHL but like the worst in North America across many sports. Yeah. So like that speaks to a lot of the dedication, a lot of the diehardness of Leafs fans.
1: It's the greatest underdog story. Yeah. Or if you have a longer view, like a, a Phoenix, like rising
0: from the ashes. Story.
3: <laughs> but when is it going to rise again?
0: When indeed. Well, if the groundhog sees the shadow and turns <laughs> around three times, then the Leafs are going to win. Oh man. yeah what I also find interesting is just the like and this is more about sports, fans, so by all means if you guys have something like bring it up Mm -hmm. but uh, what I also find interesting is just like the primality of of uh, sports fans and sports behavior one of the articles that I I managed to find the articles entitled Go Neurons Go Science Explains Why It Hurts to Be a Leafs Fan (laughs) Uh, and it's in the Globe and Mail and it's not really about the leafs it's It's more about sports fans in general. And what was interesting about it was that apparently watching sports produces a lot of effects in the brain similar to as if you were doing the sports, really uh, like not an, obviously not in terms of um physiological differences like sweating and whatnot, but it gets our brain in the mindset that some of these things are happening to us right yeah it was kind of an interesting bit because you're
1: identifying with your team yeah yeah so you're feel you're quote feeling it
3: yeah yeah
0: the The exact one of the quotes that really stuck out to me from the articles for sports fans it means that you're right there in the game swinging at every pitch and bracing for every body check wow i guess there's this sense of anticipation so maybe mm-hmm. that in combination with you know, I guess if you were in that mindset and your team is always losing, it's almost like you have this um this heightened sense of anxiety that you would have if you're being hunted. A little bit. I mean this is this is going like way <laughs> off the deep end here. Sure. But this is an interesting little possibility. I'm trying to get into those leafy brains.
3: <laughs> oh boy.
1: And I'm gonna borrow mm-hmm. a transition that I assume Z would make, <clears throat> but so, I'm yeah. going to make it. There's another place those Leaf fans are feeling those body checks—is in their wallets. Whoa!
0: <laughs> oh, you.
1: <laughs> You're welcome. Here's the least have the highest like average cost of ticket of any franchise. Do you know by like how much? No. I know the average cost like a couple years ago is like 124 bucks. Is that for good seats? That is for any seat, the average for a seat.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes, wow. Yeah, that's still expensive.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So I read an article in our good old uh, Toronto Star about how. A lot of the seats, a lot of the high-end seats, which is like rinkside and some of the lower bowls, are bought by like like businessmen and companies who like enjoy the the platinum club lounge, which has a wine cellar, it's own champagne room, oh, wow, Canadian art,
3: Ooh. fancy food and decor, maple syrup fountain,
1: not listed but perhaps, hmm. um, and that like if it's a uh, If it's a, you know, a top contender team against the Leafs, they'll come out halfway through the period. But if it's not, you know, the seats will just remain empty. Yeah. Hmm. Because the franchise, while not successful at the game of hockey, has been staggeringly successful at getting people to go to its games and buy its merchandise and whatnot.
3: Mm -hmm.
1: It's one of the most valuable NHL franchises. It's one of only three worth over a billion, I think.
3: Oh wow! I and mean, that's all the fans.
1: Yeah, I found a fun little list on one of the one of the stars articles. Stuff you can buy for the price which Farmer Maple Leafs platinum ticket at the Air Canada Centre, <laughs> six and a half cases of Molson Canadian beer, <laughs> five orchestra seats to the Three Musketeers at Stratford Festival, what? three Uniroyal Tiger Paw winter tires. I don't know how you make up money for the fourth, but you're gonna need that fourth. <laughs> no, no, no. One Krupp's precise espresso maker, four-hour spa escape at the Elmwood Club, nine official snapback brim vintage NHL team hats, seven-day <laughs> vacation package to Cuba,
2: hey,
1: two hundred and nine iTunes song downloads, <laughs> thirteen lap dances at the Zanzibar Tavern, <laughs> right next to HMB in downtown Toronto, nineteen <laughs> shares of BlackBerry stock, but really don't. Uh, well, we got to get a shot in a yeah. BlackBerry, I guess. Okay. So prices for 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 Leafs tickets have been just been climbing up and up and up and up and up for the for the franchise history since about the '60s, apparently. Mm. When they had a, when they had their hot streak.
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: And so, all the fans seem to be kind of isolated by that. They're out, they're out in the square, the icy square. I go for some icy squares. Um, (laughs) we're watching at home on tv while there while there are seats that remain empty which is a sight so uncommon at the air canada center in toronto that the toronto star has written a couple of articles about
2: it
3: wow yeah
1: we are hot 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 for hockey
3: (laughs) on the one hand the whole empty seat thing is like is crazy to me because i mean come on somebody somebody come up with some sort of business plan to to lease those seats or something. But on the other hand, I can't help but think that the fact that they are out of the stadium, but still gathered in, in Maple Leaf square, the fans kind of don't care. Like the fans see it as just another way that they're bonding together.
1: I mean, they're still made the effort to like get out there. Right.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So
1: so like that is something, but T you said you come across something about fans just like, in their waffles to use this uh analogy that we came <laughs>
2: up with
0: yeah so i mean in, in the same article about loyalty they were talking about how despite and this was written back in where was it march 25th 2015 they were talking about how despite the different efforts to you know bolster ticket sales uh, by offering discounts and all sorts of different things people still weren't showing up and mm-hmm. i mean that doesn't mean that what you said is untrue. It's it's still very possible. Um, mm. I'm not sure. The, it's just an interesting contrast. Uh, Z, when you mentioned people sitting outside, when you were talking about people sitting outside, that almost reminded mm. me. And I'm sure we'll talk about this if we ever talk about American football fans. That almost reminded me of the practice of tail. Uh, what is it's tailgating? Where like, yeah. have. Yeah. yeah. I I just think the difference is that a lot of hockey arenas are in large urban areas, like closer to the downtown. yeah. So tailgating is not as much of a thing, whereas I think a lot of football arenas have very large areas where you can do that. Yeah, exactly.
3: It wasn't directly related to researching for this episode, but I was kind of reading up a little bit about tailgating and why it's not much of a thing in Canada, but it's huge in the States. And I remember that one of the things that the the article cited was that um, the laws around having an open liquor... Oh, Container in public gotcha. are different in the states from what they are here. Uh, that makes sense. Yeah. We'll talk
0: about that more later. At what
1: other events are is tailgating super popular? That's right, Grateful Dead
0: concerts. Boom! Ooh, did you? You There's just the the did link. it. There's the link. You did just it. did it. <laughs> well, it's a glad. <sighs> it's a good <sighs> idea that all those random things just happen to line up.
3: Let's oh, go. Co- <laughs> let's cover this Mr. whole Big. little section with air horns everybody will love it.
1: Vivazella, oh <laughs>
0: <Boo-boo-zellos>, please. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so one of the things and I'm going to I'm going to bring this back here now and this is going to hopefully not go too far off the rails. All right. As mentioned earlier, this topic is particularly difficult because it's a it's a mainstream fandom. It is a fandom that is very much tied to the object of the fandom so the maple leafs in this case uh it was very much a learning experience in terms of the difference between fans of non-creative works and creative works mm-hmm. it got me to thinking and this is a this is obviously a very contentious question that I'm gonna throw <laughs> out there do you think that maple leaf fans are actually fans and I'm going to follow up with, yes, I recognize that fans are people who identify <laughs> as a fan of a thing. So, like, setting that aside. Don't try to pull that graph. Are Maple Leaf fans, and possibly by extension other sports fans, fans. I think, ultimately, I think it comes down to time
1: invested, so I say yes. Yes? Because, you know, I think, but like, not not everyone. Someone will just casually watch a game. While they're doing something else or just eating dinner or whatever. But like, you know, there are a lot of people out there going going out to Maple Leaf Square or like crunching the numbers or listening to uh you know, sports talk radio or, or podcasts or what have you, or like, you know, thinking about thinking about the Leafs. talking about the Leafs. Wanna know more about the Leafs. There's an article probably pretty much every day in the star or whatever about the Leafs. So I yes.
3: Mm-hmm pretty much from the top of this podcast i was kind of thinking about how how there's that distinction right between fans of of a thing like a hockey team and fans of something like i don't know twilight or lord of the rings like creative work and i just couldn't help but think that it's kind of like being a fan of a celebrity not necessarily like an actor not necessarily what they are in not necessarily what they star in ever but just of them as a person Mm -hmm. so it's like this weird thing Or you're a fan of of a performance instead of something that's like way more fixed because you don't know reliably how a team is going to do. There's no guarantee that they're going to win every game or that they're going to lose every game. Mm -hmm. And speaking speaking to G's point that they still put time into it, they still follow it avidly, or maybe they're part of a of a fantasy league, which is another thing entirely. I think. I think we're gonna have an episode on that. that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I would say because there's that investment of time that they are fans. It's kind of like, it's kind of like it becomes their hobby. Not in the, I don't think like, now I'm starting to think I should have, I should have looked for some Ooh. of this, but um, I don't think there's any Leafs fanfic out there. Like, I don't think people are taking time of... to create I'm, things I'm, like I'm, fanfic. I,
1: I already searched for it. Ah, I couldn't Ooh. find anything. Sadly. Not on fanfiction.net, anyhow.
3: Okay. But, yeah, I don't think people are, like, taking time to create things based around the Leafs, but they're still taking time to learn about them. And one of the things that really struck me um, when I was going through various boards and trying to find stuff from the fans um, was that on uh, HF boards, hockey fan boards, the NHL message board, and forum for the National Hockey League, they had a, along with having separate threads like separate, uh, sort of mini forums, um, for the different teams. They also had uh, two separate sort of mini forums for the stats, like analysis of the stats for players and teams and all that, and also just for the business of hockey.
2: Hmm.
3: So that's like who who is coaching who, like what the coaches' records are in terms of win loss and how they've, whether or not they've managed to turn a team around in the past and that kind of thing. And like, who's being traded where and how much their contract is worth. And if they're going to stay because that contract is really good and all that, like there's a, there are so many different elements at play and people dive into all of those elements. Like it's, it's almost like, it's almost like sports has an unfair advantage because unlike something like Lord of the Rings, there is just so much to cover so much to pull you in with sports there's the game there's the stats there's the business side of it there's the players themselves there's like the the strategy and the the tactics involved in a game
1: sports are like the last bastion of appointment viewing yeah so one thing people will be like oh i got to go and watch the game yeah like to watch it as it's happening yeah everything else dvr i mean a lot of people dvr games as well but sports yeah. still has an urgency to it yeah yeah
3: i know for a fact that my brother follows uh nfl and cfl stuff somewhat seriously because he's kind of a fantasy football guy Mm -hmm. and like normally if he if he has to miss a game he'll watch it later however um but like he will do everything he can to avoid spoilers about who won uh, like what the spread was which player did what and all that stuff
1: well if you find that out like, I feel like you don't want no need to watch the game anymore.
3: Yeah, I mean, some yeah. people might
1: just like the action. Yep, but I mean, a lot of it is the result, right?
0: Oh yeah. So, another tangent because I'll come back to. There is lots to talk about in that other, but interesting tangent. I found out about football. Uh, I don't know anything about football, but apparently, uh, in very recent news, this one team gained like forty yards in this shenanigans play where a player like grabbed the football while they were out of bounds, which triggers a loophole, which means they get to gain a bunch of yards instead of going like five yards, which they normally go. <laughs> so like wow. that is a that is a case where you could know the stats and not see a very interesting play. Hmm, That's true.
3: But it could still be interesting because it's some sort of weird upset. Yeah. That's it's true. like a glitch in the football game.
0: I mean, kind of, yeah. When I asked the question, are Leafs fans fans, it was a stupid question because, I mean, the answer is... I think we all agree that the answer is yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I know that there's this sense of belonging and identity that people have when they're a fan of something, that they belong to something bigger than themselves, that they are a fan of something and everyone's a fan. And the thing that I had difficulty with is, like, what is distinct about Leafs fans? What is distinct about Leafs fans out of hockey fans? What is distinct about least fans out of sports fans mm. like you change the colors that they wear you change the jerseys that they wear and what do you got what is the thing that stands out we've established there's at least one unique piece of the leafs identity and that is being the losingest culture <laughs> of sports fans and i'm not mean that disparagingly i just mean you know second year in a row yet espn poll um mm. yeah
1: all I, that. I, th- I think the only team that's got, and obviously they weren't at the bottom. They couldn't be because the Leafs were there. But that's like gone such a long time without a win is, a, is the Cubs, which is over a hundred years now.
3: Wow.
0: Wow. Curse the Bambino. <laughs> that was the thing I struggled in my re- research entirely. It's just like, let's find stuff about the fans. And I couldn't find things that were that was the thing that was missing probably for many sports, but in particular during the research for the Leafs, what is the identity of Leafs fans separate from the Leafs? Can you, can you, the, it brought on to me a broader question about fandom. It's just like, mm-hmm. do you have a fandom if you can't separate the, the fans from the thing in question, if the Leafs stopped playing today, if they stopped being a team for how long would you have Leafs fans? Or would uh, they just be? Or would they just be hockey fans? How many
1: Hartford Whalers fans do we still have? Oh boy, I don't feel like that's a very large number.
3: But there are a few. I know. I know at least one internet judge who is <laughs> logo yes. alone.
1: Huh. Same way I picked my favorite hockey teams when I
0: was in elementary school. <laughs> but like Firefly has been off the air for years, mm-hmm. and there are still fans of Firefly.
3: People are still writing fic. People are still doing cosplay. It kind of lives on.
1: It's the it's the attraction to the story. Yeah. Like, Leafs have not a bad story if it ends with them winning the Stanley Cup eventually again. But it's also strongly tied to geography. Yes. If you're, you know, if you're in Quebec, you're more likely to be... Man. C- to culturally dislike and disdain the Leafs. Even though you're yeah, like...
0: Anglophiles, uh, yeah,
1: even though, if, even if I though can... you, it sounds like you're the Yankees of hockey. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, if I can throw in a little personal anecdote here. Oh, my. I remember when I was growing up, and to this day, like when I was growing up, I didn't really care about hockey. It was kind of on, whatever. But my older brother was super into it. And I don't know why. I don't know what motivated him to do it. But from the time he was a kid and he first showed interest in hockey he was a Montreal Canadiens fan. Interesting. End of story. Even to this day, uh, we've got an uncle who's like razzes him about it. And uh, once he gave him like a Leafs cap and for for some reason, somehow he got him to put it on and my dad took a picture and that picture was in a recent birthday card and that kind of brought it up again. (laughs) But like he was, he wasn't, you know, like overactively upset about it or anything like that. He kind of played it off and whatever but like you could tell that it really bugged him that that picture was a thing and that wow he, there's evidence of him with a with a Leafs hat on
1: you know why he's a Habs fan
3: i don't know i think a lot of it had to do with uh Patrick Wah being a ah. super amazing goalie at the ah, time
0: okay so yeah. i was going to say my brother um when he was younger i don't think he's that much into hockey now but when he was younger, he was he wasn't really into hockey then, but he really liked the Canadiens. Mm-hmm. And the reason was because he and Patrick Roy shared uh, I... a first name. <laughs> <laughs>
3: not a bad way to go about things.
0: Oh yeah. No. I mean, it's not like there's anything special with the name Nick. Nope. Well, I was a fan of of uh, Blue Jay Sean Green. <laughs> I don't think there are any famous uh, my last names. <laughs> I don't think so. No. I okay. guess that means I get part part apart first. Hey,
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind of. Uh, I've got a little. I've also got another not personal anecdote to talk to the whole uh, point about if if the Leafs were no longer a team tomorrow, would there still be Leafs fans? Uh, I came across this article, and I was really excited when I saw it, because it's this article about this guy who was uh, playing the role of Leafzilla. What? A hmm. super fan, kind of kind of along the lines of the Green Bay Packers cheeseheads. Okay. Because this guy would come out to games um, all the way from Ottawa, because he, originally he was a Toronto cop. He retired, okay. he moved to Ottawa, but he would come out to Toronto from Ottawa to play this character, Leafzilla. Like he wore completely blue clothes. He had blue face paint on. His hair was blue. His facial hair was blue. Wow. He's like this six foot seven uh, tall guy. Oh my goodness. 280 pounds. So he's this big guy, hence the Zilla. And I, I was reading this article about him and I was like, oh man, this is, this is really interesting. It's really fascinating. But then I got to the end and it's revealed that he plays Leaf Zilla in Toronto but he plays Sensquatch in Ottawa what where he wears Ooh. all red, has red hair and red facial hair, and just goes the whole nine yards there Ooh. okay, okay, so <laughs> the hockey
1: arena is his stage, yep, regardless of the players yeah Ooh. just a little just a bit of theater.
3: But still, there's that element of geography because he was a Toronto cop, but he now lives in Ottawa. I
1: was going to say, before, how did he deal with being in the heart of Sens territory? But (laughs) he is gone native. (laughs) Interesting.
3: Yeah, yeah.
0: It was a thing that I would, like, there's two things that ran through my mind. One of which was, like, a salient point, and the other one was, gotta have blue hair. <laughs> <laughs> Equally salient. Yeah, oh, yeah. very, very <laughs> important point to make. No, it was, Z had said something. He said, you know, if the Leafs didn't exist as a team anymore, and I, that kind of sparked something in my mind, and then I consequently forgot it. No. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Dang.
3: Well, I better uh, continue on with, with the story of Leafzilla, who was trained in Shriners Clown School. Shriners. The, oh man, their mind tactics have worked on me. I no longer remember what they're called. Oh boy. The Masons, the Freemasons. Yes. Shriners. <laughs> Freemasons. <laughs> Tim Hortons. Maple Leafs. Corporate power. Money. <laughs> what? Nouns. What? Boy. <laughs> what? I'm about to blow the lid off this thing, guys. Oh no. Huge conspiracy theory I involving think. the Shriners and the Freemasons who are supporting the big companies that buy up the Leafs' seats so the fans have to sit outside, perpetuating some sort of some sort of pro party dynamic in an attempt to bring about a 1984-esque world order first in toronto through the the avenues of hockey and then then the world
1: i think that's a great place to end our leafs discussion
3: yes <laughs> 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 <laughs>
1: hope you hope you meant that as a climaxy
3: sure sure yeah
1: yeah
0: yeah oh my god hey z you said you uh you'd done a lot of reading on on reddit did you find anything interesting that you might want to use for this week's community
3: post sure it's not a. i'm not going to read the whole thing because it was a 1900 word essay oh wow <laughs> Very the, passionately medium, the
2: medium
1: is the message, am I right? <laughs> um, it's
3: a 1900 word essay that uh, a fan just wrote out of boredom at like 3 a.m. because they couldn't get to sleep. That's a fan. And it was detailing why they thought the Leafs had a chance at winning the Stanley Cup this year. And it was super organized. You know, they went over. Is it actually this year? Pretty sure it was this year. Okay. Ooh. It was very organized. It, it was uh, broken down into sections with headers like coaching, goaltending, um, a few names of of players that don't really mean much to me. Sorry, fans. And then speed, lots and lots of speed. Even with a little conclusion to title off with a nice bow. Um, so I've got to throw a shout out to Pie Eating Jabroni on the <laughs> Leafs Reddit.
1: Also a fan of Dwayne the Rock Johnson. <laughs> I mean, who's not?
0: <laughs> exactly exactly
3: so thanks very much for writing that it was it was very interesting to read um, yeah if you
0: want to if you want to read through that you can yeah, that'll probably be in the show notes. Right?
3: oh yeah oh yeah yeah definitely. Okay, perfect the <laughs> whole essay will be in the show notes. <laughs> no please don't <laughs> a, a link i think a link um but as as for the actual read out community post i did come across a few interesting things in a uh a thread that was actually a meta thread Ooh. all about whether or not upvote parties should still be a thing on the leafs reddit and if you're not familiar with it um for as far as i could tell an upvote party is just a thread where people usually after a big event happens like after a game after a win whatever where people will just write messages about whatever it could just be like you know go leafs go it could be like all praise be to the phil or whatever and Everybody in this thread will just upvote everything because they're so excited. So this thread about whether or not upvote threads should still be a thing, had some controversial posts, had some, you know, back and forth in between some people, but it also had this from Tempered Martin site.
0: Oh boy. Oh boy. Oh boy.
3: Completely blowing everything out of proportion is just part of the identity of the Leafs fan base.
0: Man. Man, should have ended on that.
3: Oh, well, we still can.
0: We still can. <laughs> oh yeah, through the ma-
3: through the magic of everything. <laughs> no, no,
0: the other one is better. <laughs> That's fine. Yeah. Um, yeah. neat. Yeah. Yeah. Like as we progress more and more recent in history, I'm always curious to see how the level of discourse changes. <laughs> like when we have those letters what, from the '60s. yeah Yeah. well i mean i've been i've been reading this book called how to write short and it talks about short writing and what makes it effective and not that that's a a problem with the way things are going because it uses a lot of historical examples but i mean i would expect a lot of the things that we find for more recent going to be shorter yeah oh yeah yeah very cool thanks for sharing that z you're welcome So every week, we try to shine the spotlight on something that we found interesting in the community, whether it be an event, whether it be an artist, whether it be a company. Um, They don't pay us to do any of this. It's just something that we thought was neat and we want to bring up. Uh, This week, uh, as inspired by uh, G&I's adventures at London Comic Con, uh, the spotlight this week is on Voices.com. Voices.com is a website where you can sign up as a voice actor, and it allows people to get in touch with you, Um, you can put your, I think you can put a demo tape up there and if you have wanted to get into voiceover acting at all, you just want to get your foot in the door. You want to get some professional credits behind your name in case you wanted to be in like anime or cartoons or commercials or whatever, you can kind of do that. Um, they have a bunch of different brands that I guess use voices.com like NBC, ABC, Mm -hmm. Nickelodeon, DreamWorks. I don't know to the extent that they use it. Um, We had a chance to talk with Stephanie and Juliana from Voices.com. And in contrast to Christian Potenza, the voice of Jude from 16, and Toby Proctor, the voice of Tuxedo Mask from Sailor Moon, those two kind of are are in union jobs. But uh, Steph and Juliana were talking about how this is an opportunity for people who, you know, don't have those credentials and want to get into the scene, whether it be like, doing audiobooks or documentaries, or even doing podcasting. We did not get this through (laughs) Voices.com. No, Um, certainly not. Doing Voices for video games, you can sign up, and uh, it gives you an opportunity to, like, connect with people and and find jobs and for them to find you. Anyway, it's a really cool opportunity that we heard about and wanted to shine a spotlight on that. That is actually also, if I want to be super proactive, it is a local business actually located in London, Ontario, which I never would have guessed.
1: Nope. Mm Mm-hmm. And if you uh, want to hear a little more, you can uh, go to our YouTube channel, The Knicks Cast, and see me interviewing Stephanie wearing her lovely Voices.com jacket in Leafs colors. Ooh. Oh, wow. It, it is
0: Leafs colors. Blue and white. Don't tell them that, though. No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe they'd, maybe they'd be a fan. I'm not sure. I'm, I don't I'm, know where their affiliations lie, hockey-wise. Yeah, I'm not sure. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, that'll be going up. I'm hoping it'll be up by the time... It should be up by listening on this to this episode. Uh, yeah, we're, we're trying to get into video content. It's a lot of work. And that's not going to stop us. Ain't nothing going to stop us. 2016 2017, you're the next cast. Pew, 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 pew. Anyway, check out Voices.com.
3: All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And you can find us online at anthropological.com.
0: If the website's not your bag, you can also check us out on various social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube, all at the Mm Nextcast. And uh,
1: if you'd like to email us, perhaps let us know fandoms you'd like to see us cover or the numerous things that we missed in an episode about a fandom that you belong to, nick at TheNixCast.com is a place to send all that stuff. You can also check us out on Podbean or the Podbean app. I suggest you do. And, uh... Until next time, remember, everyone's a fan. three times oh shoot what?
3: Oh, what i thought you said clap three times no nope. he said is
0: that three times
1: there's a reference to something that toby said at the beginning of the panel
3: yeah yeah,
2: yeah
1: it's like to, if you say if you say a plug three times like he said voice.com three times you're know, like then people it sticks people's heads uh, yeah I'm pretty sure that you said it more than that, time, so that's
0: probably good. Yeah. Actually to get people to remember things, they need ten points of contact. So arguably if one person said it ten times, but if you had several people <laughs> say it, you can get away with less.
3: Voices.com, voices. voices.com, voices.com.
0: That's why that's why they should go to our YouTube uh page. <laughs> yeah. Yeah yeah. Youtube dot com slash the next cast. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Youtube dot com slash the next cast. <laughs>
3: really youtube youtube.com slash the next cast <laughs> you okay i said voices.com three times in front of a mirror and something came
1: out was it a voice <laughs> was it a job
0: okay all right do uh, we need to record anymore i was about to say the same thing applies we don't actually need to say anymore because the pugs will come and then we'll have the regular thanks for listening goodbye Bye. Yep. Yep. but not that because that's not what we're doing anymore <clears 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 <throat>
3: Yeah. Thanks for listening. Okay. Remember, everyone's a fan.
0: The yeah. meet was a little bit weird to get around because we didn't have some solid topics, but mm. we handled it really well, I think. Yeah, I think we did
3: okay. Yep, yep we handled that meet really well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've I stopped recording, so I guess I'll stop now.
2: <laughs> Want to get that singer
3: in there. <laughs> yep.
2: Alright, do we want to plan the next
1: two episodes after Twilight?